On this week's episode of Ride the Lightning, the Tesla unofficial podcast, Elon Musk talks more about the V3 supercharging plans, the Performance Model 3 gets a new wheel option in China, some great news for Ontario residents in Canada who canceled their Model 3 orders earlier this year in the wake of the tax rebate sudden disappearance, and much more. What's happening, friends? I'm Ryan McCaffrey. This is Ride the Lightning, the Tesla unofficial podcast, episode 173 for November 25th, 2018. I want to wish a happy Thanksgiving to my American listeners out there. Uh, it's been an excellent weekend so far. In fact, I'm recording a little early this weekend. It is Friday at 9.45 a.m. Got a very sleepy, very tired Daisy the Boxer puppy over here, despite the fact that it's 9.45 a.m. instead of uh, usually I'm recording about 9.45 p.m. on Friday night. She had a busy day yesterday down at my brother-in-law's house, sprinting around their uh, pretty good-sized backyard, went on a couple of post-turkey uh, walks to try and burn some calories off, and she is just zonked out over there. Uh, and I'll tell you, she, Daisy, it's, it was a big week for us. I'm so happy to be able to say that Daisy passed her canine good citizen exam. So she is now a certified canine good citizen, and she now just has to go through a couple of more steps that are they're a lot less difficult, just more or less uh, procedural kind of things. And she will become officially an animal-assisted therapy dog with the SFSPCA, following in Maggie's footsteps, uh, which just is, I'm just so happy about, because I've told you, I, I wanted to do this with her since the day I got her, because it was just such a great experience with Maggie, and I'm just so happy that that we're going to be able to give a little something back to the world, you know? I, I try to be a good person, I do the best I can, but I'm, you know, very busy with work and family, and, you know, I'm not out there doing as much as I'm sure I could do, but at least this is, this is one thing that, uh, one, one way that we can Daisy and I can give back to the community a little bit. But anyway, so really proud of Daisy, really happy. She's only a year and I guess just now four months, a year and four months, and she is uh, a therapy dog now. Maggie was two. She had just turned two when she passed, so uh, Daisy one-upping that by a little bit. So congratulations to Daisy. Also, on the subject of Thanksgiving, I want to wish uh, not only a happy Thanksgiving weekend to, to everybody out there, but just... I mean, in all seriousness, I do want to express express some some gratitude. I, I am really, truly thankful for for all of you. It's it. I tell you the the enthusiastic, encouraging support that I get from you guys on a on a regular basis every week. Whether it's you know whether you're just listening or whether you you tweet me or you email me or you you call in on the Ride the Lightning hotline or whatever it is, it's it's really just uh, humbling. And it, it's because I tell you, this whole Ride the Lightning thing has gotten far bigger than I ever genuinely imagined it, it would get. And I have to tell you, with all sincerity, I'm having more fun than ever. This is, this is better than it ever was. This is great. I love it every week. So thank you all so much for listening and supporting my efforts here. Also, shout out, thankful to Mother Nature 
because we got a huge rainstorm. It's actually still raining outside as I uh, record this now. Just started pouring on Wednesday. I'm recording here on Friday. It rained Wednesday, uh, rained Thursday, Thanksgiving, and is raining today. And it's supposed to continue raining for, uh, I think, after today lets up. But then we got some more storms behind that in a few days. But uh, the good news there is that the campfire, that has really helped address that. The smoke that, it, that was uh, plaguing San Francisco itself and the, and the greater Bay Area is finally gone, and we are back to having clean, healthy air here, uh, which, you know, you, it, it sounds a little trite, but you, you take it for granted. You take it for granted until all of a sudden you, you have to wear a, a filtration mask to walk around outside, and you, you don't let your kids out to play. So, and you don't want to take your dog out because she's got little puppy lungs and there's no dog mask for this. So, uh, yeah, just very grateful to, uh, to have the air cleansed here once again. Uh, one other thing before I get going with the news proper, and I apologize for the, the delay in getting to it this week. I know a lot of you just want, want to get to the news, but uh, this is show-related. I wanted to correct, or rather apologize. I made a, I made a big mistake last week. And I wanted to apologize for that now. Uh, when I was talking about the refresh of the options on Model S and Model X, uh, specifically the interior options, the cream interior is not gone. I said that it was, and uh, it's still there. And I'm very sorry about that. So what happened was I made the mistake when I was poking around the configurator, the design studio, I had the P100D selected because I was checking through everything and uh, I wanted to, you know, just see everything. The cream is not available on the P100Ds, which it hasn't been. That's not a new thing. But uh, when I was taking all my notes, I just messed up. I had P100D selected and then I told you all that cream is gone and it's still there on the 75D and 100D model uh, S's and X's. So my apologies for that mistake. If you were, if you had your eye on the cream and and you were disheartened when you listened to last week's podcast, I'm very sorry about that. So uh, I will, as always, you know, I, I try to do the best research and be as accurate and thorough and correct as I can. But I'm human and I screwed up on that one. So uh, apologies there. All right, let's get to the news this week. Despite the fact that it's a holiday week here in the U.S., there was still plenty to talk about. There tends to always be in the world of Tesla, which, which makes it easier for me to not ever <laughs> take a week off because there's always something to talk about. So this week, I wanted to start with a new wheel option for the Performance Model 3s in China. They're not available here, at least not yet. And a credit to... Uh, the Twitter account Tesla Optimist is where I first saw this, so shout out there, credit there. So this this new wheel option on the performance car is a 19-inch aero wheel, but for the performance car, so it's a 19. What what basically, if you picture this, it's a hybrid. If you took the turbine uh, from, if you remember, remember the original Model Three, the three prototypes. Two that worked and one that didn't. One, the, the, the red one that was just a rolling mule had a 20-inch, like really turbine, turbine wheel on it. Like you take the Model S and X turbine, this was even turbinier, <laughs> if that's a word. So take that wheel and fuse it with the 
aero wheel that comes standard on every Model 3. And it's, 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 it's as if those two wheels had a baby wheel. And that's what this looks like. In fact, because it's, yeah, if you take it, the 20 inch, the 20 inch prototype turbine with the 18 inch production aero wheel, you get the 19 inch performance aero wheel. So it has seven blades effectively, sudden, seven sort of slits in it, uh, as opposed to the, what is it, four or five on the, uh, on the standard 18 inch aero wheel. And yeah, it's it's definitely, it is nice. I like it, I have to say. And the reason I bring this up, despite the fact that it's not an option for uh, the rest of the world yet, is number one, it could very well become an option elsewhere here. Uh, and my thinking on this is that I think this might be the ultimately the production version of that turbine, 20-inch turbine wheel from that red rolling mule model three prototype. As I said, it was a 20 inch on that car and it's 19 here. And what that should do, I think, is it should split the difference nicely between the uh, fairly substantial range hit that I take with my 20 inch sport wheel, uh, split the difference between that and the, the efficient wonder, the efficiency <laughs> genius that is the 18 inch Aero wheel, you know, if, if 18s usually get for around, what, 230, 240 watt-hours per mile, and I get my lifetime is 300 watt-hours per mile, I would figure that these will probably do 260, maybe 270 on the high end. I am just guessing there. I don't have, an, I'm not basing that off of anything but, but an educated guess. But uh, yeah, so I think that those turbine wheels from that prototype may have evolved into these. And, uh, and I think that's probably a smart move. I kind of like that. I mean, you know, we, Tesla probably doesn't need another 20-inch wheel option because, you know, how many of the cars ordered are being, you know, only the performance cars come with 20s. And, you know, how many, the, the performance orders probably make up, what, 10, maybe 20% at the absolute most, maybe split the difference, 15% of all orders. So, you know, why make another wheel option for that relatively small percentage of the fleet, make something that that would appear to uh, rather appeal to a larger portion of customers, and not only that, be more you know be relatively efficient if someone chooses that wheel. So uh, I expect this will roll out wider uh, in the the coming weeks at or months at the most. But yeah, I, I, they're pretty nice, and I have to say, I would like to see those avail made available in a with winter tires attached how about those as a winter tire and wheel package for performance model 3s because those of you with performance cars know and I've heard from some of you who are uh quite concerned about this and justifiably so there is no official there's the Tesla is not selling a winter tire and wheel package for the performance model 3 because the the wheel hub is different you can't just put on any of the other Model 3 wheels onto the performance car. You know, you need something specific. So people, for now, have had to turn to T-Sport line and other third-party vendors. Tesla does, is not offering a first-party option. So I would love to see these brought uh, worldwide, made available worldwide, and hopefully be, be posted uh, in the Tesla store with a, with a winter tire attached to them. 
because for me, uh, you know, I do want to get a, a, a winter tire and wheel set eventually for model th for my Model 3. For if I ever decide we want to go up to, like, for here, like, Lake, Lake Tahoe is kind of the big winter getaway in the wintertime. I've actually never been. I've always wanted to go to, to Lake Tahoe. And I thought, well, once I get my, my Tesla and it has all-wheel drive, I can get right up those mountains. But not right now because I have the, the factory-issued sticky summer tires that are extremely dangerous in in winter conditions and should not absolutely not be used in winter conditions so i'd love to see tesla roll these out because uh you know they they look nice they're an inch smaller so you're going to get a, a little better efficiency there maybe even a touch better ride quality and the fact that they're an aero design wheel should help the efficiency even further so i think they would make a great winter tire and wheel option for uh, for the Performance Model 3. So I'll be keeping an eye on that. Next up this week, we've got a supercharging update via Elon, a couple of them actually. Elon taking to Twitter to say, quote, Tesla supercharger capacity will double by the end of next year, meaning 2019. And he says, expect to be within range of 95 to 100% of the population in all active markets. So he is not limiting that to North America. He is saying all over the place. Uh, later, he added, quote, Supercharger V3, which starts rolling out early next year, will also charge much faster. End quote. Well, I have to tell you, as a little sneak peek here, I, I did have V3 supercharging on my list of questions to ask Elon for the hopefully upcoming interview with him. Uh, I still will ask him about it because I did reply to him with a follow-up asking, and I was curious, well, which cars in the existing fleet, all of them, some of them, none of them, which cars that are out there now are going to support V3? And unfortunately, I, I was not lucky enough to get a reply from Elon on that. So that question remains, but... I do expect that at least the Model 3 will fully support whatever V3 can do, but hopefully the S's and X's, even if it's S and X made past a certain date, will support it as well. Those of you, if you've, if you've been around the uh, Model S world for a long time, you, you may remember back to the early days when there was, there was the A battery pack, and then there was a revision, there was B and C, and it's kept right on going. So uh, it is entirely possible that that the latest and greatest Model S's and Model X's will absolutely support the V3 supercharging. Uh, I certainly hope so. And by the way, I don't want to overlook Elon's unprompted mentioning of doubling the supercharger capacity by the end of 2019. Now, that's obviously great news on the surface, but just to set everyone's expectations accordingly, basically to kind of put this into context a little bit, just in case it's not completely clear, don't immediately jump to the conclusion that that means that the doubling will come entirely from new stations, because that's almost certainly not going to be the case. Expect plenty of existing supercharger sites to get expanded as well, which arguably is just as important as adding new locations. Uh, certainly out here in California, there, there have already been uh, upgrades to existing stations to increase their capacity. And certainly out here, we're going to need it. And, and ultimately everywhere, 
Tesla is going to need to try and build out even the existing sites as much as they possibly can as the fleet continues to grow at a now uh, much faster rate than it ever has before. But good news there, looking forward to even more superchargers as, uh, as we all start hitting the road in 2019 and beyond. Next up, some good, or actually no, this is some great news for Ontario residents who canceled their Model 3 orders because of that abrupt removal of the 14, very generous 14,000 Canadian dollar uh, rebate that happened earlier this year when there was a, a change in power in the government there. This comes via my friend Trevor Page of the Model 3 Owners Club, who uh, inquired with Tesla about this and actually was got permission to post this email from Tesla. So they say, uh, basically, well, it's a long email, just going to read you. So there's a section, they give you the background on what this deal was and sort of how they got there, Tesla taking them to court, all that, and winning. Next step, next steps, pardon me. Eligible customers may reorder. So this, just to be clear, this is only for people who canceled, who had a reservation and canceled due to this, the abrupt cancellation of that rebate. So Tesla is, has, has been able to uh, win approval to let you get back in if you're interested. So this is wonderful. Eligible customers may reorder their long-range rear-wheel drive Model 3 in our design studio. To ensure accurate processing, please follow these special instructions. Please order a mid-range rear-wheel drive Model 3 because the long-range rear-wheel drive is no longer available. Of course, long-range battery only comes now with dual motor. So go ahead and order a mid-range car using the same name and email address that is bolded and underlined that you used for your original order. Your order will be fulfilled with a long-range rear-wheel drive vehicle. Once you've ordered, you must reply to this email, so I'll give you this information here in a second. So, et cetera, et cetera. Uh, yeah, and, and confirming you intend to claim the rebate and providing your reser the reservation number of your new order. Orders will be fulfilled from our limited inventory of new long-range rear-wheel drive Model 3s on a first-come, first-served basis. If your preferred configuration is not available, we will work with you to find another qualifying long-range rear-wheel drive Model 3 for the best chance of taking delivery by the deadline, which uh, is January 3rd, is the deadline there. You have to take delivery by January 3rd. Customers should reorder as soon as possible and no later than November 30th. We will make every effort to deliver eligible cars by the deadline and strongly suggest that you schedule your delivery uh, as early as possible in case of unexpected delays. So uh, considering this email was posted publicly and, and there was permission to do so, I'm going to give you this gentleman's that he's an inside delivery advisor. His name is Sean Henson, uh, and he can be reached. So please do not email Sean unless you are directly affected by this, unless you are a resident of Ontario. So Sean can be found at S Henson, S-H-E-N-S-O-N at tesla.com. Uh, I really hope that some folks in my audience are able to get back in here. I mean, I know if, if I'm trying to put myself in that situation, put myself in those shoes, and I talked about it at the time, I mean, this would have been devastating. If you were counting on that, because it's such a, $14,000 is, is a lot of money. Uh, 
And if I had had to cancel my order because of that, I would have been devastated. You know, if the, your finances were such that you're, you know, that was the difference maker for you, boy, that would have hurt. You would have been, it just, that would have hurt so much. So uh, kudos to Tesla for uh, propping the door back open to let you back in should you decide that you you want to get back in there. But it's just just tremendous news here for those reservation holders who sadly got burned by their own government on this, uh, which Tesla, of course, took them to court over and won. So, uh, yeah, if you if you do want to reorder, uh, feel free to use my referral code. I'll give it to you at the end of the show. Make sure you just use somebody's referral code if you're going to order here to get that six months of free unlimited supercharging. And speaking of Canada, one more note for my Canadian friends. Elon also tweeted this week that Navigate on Autopilot, you've got Summon now, finally, thankfully, Navigate on Autopilot should also be rolling out in Canada over the course of this next week. Now, again, we'll put a little Elon time asterisk on there. Maybe give it two, three weeks tops of real world time. But it is coming, it sounds like. It is imminent, so good stuff there. Elsewhere in the world of Tesla, Teslarati reports that Tesla is going to lower some of its previously raised prices in China due to the tariffs on uh, imported vehicles from the U.S. that have been imposed there. Teslarati writing, quote, In an effort to make its electric cars more affordable to customers in China, Tesla has announced that it is cutting the prices of the Model S and Model X by 12 to 26%, so somewhere in that range, depending on the configuration of the car, despite the ongoing trade war between the United States and China. Apart from lowering the prices of its two flagship vehicles, Tesla also opted to adjust the price of the Model 3, which is currently open for orders in the country. Tesla saying to Reuters, quote, we are absorbing a significant part of the tariff to help make our cars more affordable for customers in China. End quote. Uh, Tesla Roddy also noting that the initial orders, when, when Tesla first opened up orders for Model 3 in China, the cars, uh, the long-range dual-motor car, cost the equivalent of 84000 U.S. dollars, and the performance car was the equivalent of 100000 U.S. dollars, uh, which obviously is much, much more on either case than here in the U.S. Now, with, with its recent price adjustments, Tesla noted to Reuters that the long-range dual motor will now start at $78,000 U.S. dollar equivalent, while the performance is $86,000. So still more money. I mean, there's just no real getting around that for now. And in fact, that is why Gigafactory 3 will just play such a vital role in uh, the arguably biggest or second biggest market in the world for Tesla. You know, there's you got the, I mean, the U.S., huge. That's got to be 1A or 1B. Europe right there as well, but but just China. There, there's so much potential there. So the fact is, you know, Gigafactory 3, once it is complete, will effectively make Tesla immune to the, particularly because of the the conditions under which they're they've been allowed to build Gigafactory 3 without, you know, the government owning a having an ownership stake in it and without any t tariffs, they'll be free and clear. You know, Tesla will effectively be immune to the politics, to the trade policies, 
between the United States and China. And again, just given the potential size of the Chinese market for electric vehicles, not only just the sheer size of the country and the fact that they are a global economic superpower, uh, but the fact that you know their their air quality in certain places is what it is, and and their their desire for electrification should be as much or greater than any other part of the world. Uh, Tesla, I gotta figure, they are going to move as quickly as possible on construction of Gigafactory three. They're probably going to move, try to move at least as fast as they did with Gigafactory 1 outside of Reno. Because, I mean, if you remember that, you know, the, the Reno site, Gigafactory 1, was vital for the company, period, to, to survive, to build Model 3, to, to get to this point. But Gigafactory 3 uh, is, I mean, it is more region-specific, but it is absolutely vital for the both short- and long-term health and success of Tesla in that Chinese market that is so big and so critical to uh, to any company that is able to do business in China. So a lot at stake here. Here's hoping that, that Tesla is able to have a very, very smooth construction process, and hopefully they're able to get up and running in Shanghai there with no delays. I wish Tesla the best because it's, it's good for everybody. It's, it's, it's good for the company. It's good for the planet. The more electric cars start getting pumped out in China uh, or anywhere. For that's not just China. But So all the best to Tesla there, but uh, some good news for customers. For customers here in the short term in China, uh, Tesla will be uh, absorbing some of those tariff costs and, and obviously making a little bit less money per car, but, but passing less of that on to the customer. More updates from Elon this week via Twitter. Just some quick hit things here. He notes that you'll soon be able to turn on your seat heaters via the Tesla app, which is one of those, you know, seemingly obvious features that are now going to be going in. That's great to see. Elon also saying, quote, yes to whether or not he sees gas stations all being replaced by charging stations in 50 years from now. So no surprise at his optimism there. How about uh, the Model 3 in Taiwan? I'm not sure if I have any listeners in Taiwan, but Elon estimating, quote, probably mid-2019 for the first Model 3 deliveries into Taiwan. And then the thing I want to talk about here for a minute, Elon got into a Twitter thread with some other folks about service, and specifically mobile service. So he started with this. He says... Adding functionality to the Tesla phone app, allowing owners to request service for the for their top issues with one or two taps. And then he also noted on this topic, quote, will allow having your car picked up and dropped off or using mobile Tesla Rangers service vans if a car lift isn't needed. This then evolved into a conversation about electric service vans. So sort of jumping off the, the Rangers thing who, who roll, who come up and they'll, if you ever have one come to you, they, they have these cool little, uh, little service vans. I think, I don't know if they're for the little, the Ford ones or the, the, the Daimler ones or what, but, um, I've not had a firsthand experience with them yet. Anyway, someone on Twitter noted Shame that's not a Tesla van because we really, 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 really need a good tough-as-nails electric trades van. We burn fuel like crazy. So that's someone who obviously does business 
using one of those vans. In fact, my uh, my uncle Tony out in New Jersey does. He just he just had to get another one uh, for the first time in like twenty years. And Elon replying saying, "quote Maybe interesting to work with Daimler slash Mercedes on an electric Sprinter. That's a great van. We will inquire." Then someone else said. Quote, won't it end up the same as Roadster 1.0, though? You essentially have to change every single part of it. To which Elon did reply, saying, quote, No, it's got enough load capacity and volume to carry the battery pack, and our current energy pack, uh, par- pardon me, our current pack energy density is about double that of the original Roadster. Still, it would probably only save about 30 to 40% of effort, all things considered. So this now sort of turned into into this, uh, into people were curious, all right, well, a Tesla service van. Elon's saying, quote, a lot on our plate, so it's either get van gliders, which is, if you're not familiar with a glider, that's what the original Roadsters were gliders when they were, were, when they were sent over to California from Lotus. They're basically the fully assembled cars, but without the battery pack and the, the PEM, the power electronics module. So, and uh, Elon's saying as much here. So he says, uh, it's a lot on our plate, so it's either get van gliders from Daimler and produce them sooner, or do it all and produce them later. Not a big difference to total vehicles produced either way. The priority list is model Y, solar roof tiles, pickup truck, semi, roadster. He clarified that he meant that in order of resource priority, not overall priority. In other words, it, the, order, the order listed there is what each project needs. So the Roadster there at the end seemingly doesn't need much. It's going to be a lower volume car. It's designed. The prototype works. It's been out and about. Uh, they just need to refine it and then build the darn thing in another, you know, year and a half to two years from now, hopefully. So the solar roof tiles, on the other hand, are a huge investment. You may have seen a very interesting story from Dana Hull uh, and the, the Tesla reporting team at Bloomberg this week about sort of the, the current state of affairs at Gigafactory 2 in Buffalo, New York. I really encourage you to go out and read that just for some additional sort of perspective on, uh, on what, what has been happening up there and how, how the roof tiles really kind of came to be and, and where they are now. We, you know, we know that Tesla has had trouble producing those roof tiles in volume, and this, this piece on Bloomberg does a good job of going into why. But anyway, uh, the point here with this is we know now on the back of that Bloomberg story that those solar roof tiles do still require, right now, a big investment, a lot of resources to put into that. It's a big product for Tesla. And the same thing with the Model Y, which, as you remember from the Q3 earnings call not too long ago, just got approved for prototype construction. So the prototype, a working prototype, at least one, for the Model Y is being built as we speak. It's no doubt being hand-built down at the design studio uh, under Franz von Holzhausen's watch in Hawthorne, California. So if you could sneak in there right now, you'd probably get a look at a a, a partially assembled Model Y prototype. But there you go. And then the pickup, we've heard Elon talk about 
how the pickup has has moved up his personal priority list. Like he's really excited about it. Uh, and then we know the semi. Now the semi continues to make the rounds. It's being used not only as a promotional vehicle to go from you know company to company as a as a demo vehicle effectively, but that that which also uh, so it's not only being used as marketing effectively to that uh, trucking crowd, but also that same. PR tour of sorts that it's on. I got PR is not the right word, but uh, that same tour that it's on, trying to pick up some reservation business, is also doubling as just engineering validation and and real world miles and 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 data and uh, being tracked. So the the semi. In fact, now that I think about it, of all of Tesla's. Prototypes, the and I'm talking about the working prototypes that they've ever had, from the S to the X to the three to the semi and the roadster. The semi has, by I bet it, by far logged the most amount of miles, like not even close. Because <laughs> that car, that that semi rather, not that car, that semi has been all over the place. Whereas the roadster, it has been out before, it's been photographed out before, but not. Not lately, and not much that again, publicly seen. It's very possible that they've got it. They're driving the heck out of it on private roads, but the semi has been out and about on public roads, public superchargers out doing its thing. So, uh, there you go. That is sort of the resource priority list, according to Elon Musk, at, you know, here at the end of 2018, heading into 2019. That is it. For the week's Tesla news, so as you see, despite the shorter holiday week here in the U.S., plenty to talk about in the world of Tesla, and still plenty more to talk about on this show, thanks to you guys in the Ride the Lightning hotline, a bunch more excellent phone calls lined up for you guys right after this. Welcome back. It is time for the Ride the Lightning Hotline. Your time to shine. It's your questions, your comments, your discussion topics. You call in, and uh, I discuss with you, sort of, <laughs> in a, in a time-shifted way. I encourage you to participate in that each and every week. I love it. I love hearing from you. You can reach me one of two easy ways here. So uh, re- either use your smartphone's built-in voice recorder to record a one to one and a half minute, 60 to 90 second call, uh, and then you can email that file to me at teslapodcast at gmail.com, or you can call in anytime you want on the Ride the Lightning hotline and just leave a message. That number is toll-free, and it's 1-888-989-8752. That's 1-888-989-TSLA, and of course, lifeonrecord.com kindly provides the uh, setup for this. So if you know someone special with an upcoming birthday, anniversary, graduation, or some other special occasion, you can give them a unique gift of recorded voices from friends and family, telling them why they're special. The recordings can be podcasted, which is what I do with them, or you can make a cool audio keepsake out of it. So visit lifeonrecord.com if you'd like to learn more. I kick it off with Logan in Jacksonville this week. Wants to talk a little Roadster? Why not? It's a fun topic. Logan, go ahead. Hi, Ryan. This is Logan from Jacksonville. 
at Loganerd on Twitter. And uh, I just wanted to call in and say that I just got done listening to your episode on the 2022 Roadster, or 2020 Roadster, maybe the 2022 Roadster. And I could not be more thrilled for you. I think that, you know, all of us are so excited for you. And it was really, really awesome to hear about your wife and that she was on board with your passion for this and that she's supportive. And I did want to ask a question about that on that front. So when I recently test drove a Model 3, um, I was not used to at all that instant electric torque. And embarrassingly, I actually slid the back end down a little bit when I was coming around a yield sign because I'm just not used to it. And so my question is, we were discussing uh, the the uh, test drives person and I, the Tesla representative, what the restrictions would be on test driving roadsters because this is going to be something that people like me are not used to at all. And it could potentially be a very dangerous situation if that is the case. So what do you think Tesla will do with this? Do you think they'll make people have to own a Tesla before they'll be able to do this? Very curious on that. Yeah, the other point I wanted to hit on was, um, what kind of chill mode do you think the Tesla Roadster is going to have by default? Because it seems to me that, particularly for people like your wife or your dog, it would be pretty uncomfortable on a consistent basis to have not even launch speeds, but even 2.4, 2.5 as a 0 to 60. It's kind of unwieldy, too, as the driver, uh, if you're constantly going through that kind of acceleration, and you really don't need it when you're making decisions and you can't think that fast. So my question is, what do you think they'll recommend? Do you think they'll put some sort of default on there for a very chill mode, or are they just going to leave it and let you decide for yourself? Really curious on that. Thanks for all that you do. Love the show. You will have my referral code when I order next year, and I can't wait. Thank you. Bye-bye. Thank you for the kind words, Logan. And uh, I love these questions, too, because I confess I haven't thought about either of those. I wonder if they'll give out Roadster test drives. There, you know, there won't be many of those cars made in the grand scheme of things. And, and you're right. That power will be a lot for anyone, especially someone who's not used to a Tesla. And I, I guess it could end up being similar to however Ferrari, McLaren, etc. handle that. And I confess, I don't know what that is. I've never walked into a Ferrari or McLaren dealership before and inquired about a test drive, let, yeah, let alone. I've never even been in one period. But um, my guess is that, that I, as a middle-class uh, non-McLaren owner, could, could not walk into the McLaren dealership that, that there's actually one next door to Tesla in Palo Alto, not far from my brother-in-law's house where we spent Thanksgiving. Yeah, I'm kind of thinking I, I wouldn't be able to get a test drive. Maybe I'm totally wrong. and Maybe I'm making a, a poor assumption there, but just something tells me that they would not let me behind the wheel of one of those without some sort of interview or financial background check or something. And I don't know how, if Tesla will handle it, the same way when it comes to the Roadster. Uh, to your other thought, yes, I, I agree. Roadster is going to have to have a chill mode. And, and quite possibly, as you suggest, multiple chill mode settings. Because uh, it's, it's really going to be interesting to learn the answers to those questions. I mean, that is just such a... That car is an edge case for everything in the world Tesla. So, you know... If any Tesla is going to have a HUD, you remember how much we were talking about a heads-up display in the, you know, in the early Model 3 days in the wake of the announcement and the spaceship-like interior? Like, if you look at the Roadster's interior, 
it's pretty spaceship-like. You have effectively a floating, curved glass, what appears to be a 17-inch portrait-oriented touchscreen, uh, carbon fiber all over the place, and a, and a Knight Rider, you know, spaceship-like steering yoke. So, yeah, that, that car is going to be the exception to probably just about every Tesla rule. But it's also probably going to follow a lot of existing Tesla rules, like having a chill mode. So, uh, yeah, can't wait to find out the answers to all of that. And, Logan, I hope you're able to order your Model 3 very soon. Next is Rick from Minnesota. He has a feature request that he'd like to throw out, so figure uh, this is as good a platform as any to get that out there, get it heard by Tesla. So, Rick, go ahead. Hey, Ryan, this is Rick calling from Hutchinson, Minnesota. I'm calling to run a feature idea by you and would like to hear your thoughts. I think it'd be cool to have the car suggest which spot would provide the fastest charge speed based on other cars' state of charge at superchargers. I've seen a lot of confusion on which spots to pull into if every other spot is full. If a car is almost finished charging, it's charging at a slower rate and will be departing soon anyways. So just having the car suggest a stall would be a cool feature to help with confusion and charging as fast as possible. Looking forward to hear your thoughts. I love the show, and I'll talk to you later. Thanks. Bye. First of all, if if you're hearing... Rick's call, if you're hearing Rick go from one ear to the other, or one side of the sound system to the other, uh, it's not just you. That's how his call came in. I'm hoping that my uh, my post-production software that I use will help even that out and take care of that. Anyway, uh, Rick, I love this idea. Thank you for calling in. Theoretically, this is doable because the UI in the car already tells you how many spots at a supercharger are available. So I would think that what you suggest is feasible. Hopefully somebody from Tesla is listening to this and can pass that up the chain or or over to the right team if it's not already on their roadmap. So great stuff from Rick. Let's go uh, head up north a little further to John in Toronto, who uh, has unfortunately uh, an issue. We'll see if we can help him out at all. John, go ahead. Hi, Ryan. It's John from Toronto, Canada. Just wanted to let you know I enjoy your podcast. I'm a new uh, subscriber. Just picked up my Model 3 all-wheel drive long-range battery car about a month ago. And uh, even though I hadn't given them your code, I um, after I picked up the car, I was able to convince them to use the code and so I can get my free six-month charging and you'll get the referral as well for my uh, new car because you had a lot to do with that. Uh, my question is, with regards to the Tesla online store, I'm not sure if any other listeners are having the same issue I am, but uh, I was ordering some snow tires, and they double-billed me, and um, trying to get a hold of people there is, like, almost next to impossible. All they can suggest at the uh, Tesla dealership is to uh, keep calling them or call my bank to charge back the uh, one charge, but I think it's pretty poor service. I mean, I love Tesla, but there's something about getting somebody on the phone to straighten out any problems that is really something that all big companies should be doing, and Tesla's no exception, in my opinion. But that's the, my only uh, concern is uh, is that, and I hope uh, uh, you keep on uh, doing these podcasts. Really love them. Thanks again. You are not the first person I've heard this from, John. Apparently, 
and I hate to say this, but apparently it is a huge hassle, not, 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 not a blanket statement, but it can be a huge hassle to get a human being on the phone to resolve any customer service issues, specifically with regard to the Tesla online store and the orders there. I suppose you could try escalating it to the manager of your local Tesla store, since you're in Toronto, and hopefully they can flag it internally to the appropriate team or appropriate person. I mean, being double charged on a t-shirt is one thing, but on a winter tire and wheel set, that's a whole other deal, and I can totally understand your frustration there. So best of luck to you, John. If any Tesla employees in that department are listening, please help John out. Uh, give, give the guy a, a, a shout here. Get in touch. Joe in New York is next up. He took his first road trip recently and wants to uh, talk about something there. So, Joe, go ahead. Hey, Ryan. Joe from New York. So I took my first road trip where I was instructed to stop at a supercharger uh, along the way so I could uh, make it to my destination. And I was wondering if you had any insight on what type of algorithm is used to determine how long I should be supercharging. Because the amount that it asked me to charge would have left me with about 70 miles at my destination. Um, so is that just a buffer? Is it uh, assuming that I'll need to go somewhere else afterwards that I'm not going to charge at my destination? Um, you know, it, it just seemed like a, a random amount of charge to leave the, the car in rather than say, charge for this amount, and when you get to your destination, you will be at, you know, for example, 5% or you know, something very low. Uh, or on the other side, why doesn't it just say, just fully charge? Um, so uh, I appreciate your insights on this. Thanks. Well, Joe, the best I can tell is that the algorithm does its best to comfortably get you to your next destination, be it the next supercharger or your final stop. I do think there seems to be a lot of margin for error programmed into it because I've routed my holiday trip to Arizona and it shows that I should start by stopping at Harris Ranch first, which is really close to here, relatively, like way within the Model 3's range. But Kettleman City, the big fancy new supercharger that I'd actually really love to visit, the one with like 40 stations and the, and the, and the lounge, I want to check that out. That is only is further down, and it's 214 or so miles away from San Francisco, easily doable on a full Model 3 charge. So I think it must err on the side of caution, and I'm wondering if I can maybe stop just four times on my whole trip coming up rather than the five that it recommends. So I'll tell you, if any experienced Tesla road trippers out there have any advice about this specifically, or just general experience or wisdom to share about, about long-distance travel and, and how, you know, how to best uh, take the advice or selectively ignore some of the advice of the navigation system, I would absolutely love to hear from you. Jason Chalukas from Newport Beach. He is a longtime ally and supporter and listener of this show. Uh, he calls in with a question relayed from his daughter. So let's find out through Jason what she was curious about. Jason, go ahead. Hey, Ryan. Jason Chalukas here from Newport Beach, California. 
and uh, congratulations on your roadster referral. Can't think of anybody more deserving than you in the Tesla community. That's great. I have a very important question that my daughter had for me. Has anyone ever had their art critiqued by Tesla? As you know, your, your kids probably love to draw art, and even I do from time to time. And yes, I am an artist, but uh, and I've sent a number of pieces to Tesla for a critique, but not gotten any feedback. So I was wondering if any listeners had ever received any artistic feedback from Tesla. I hope so. Thanks. Bye, Ryan. I love it, Jason. My daughter also drew a cool picture of our red Model 3 in a grassy field under a tree right after we got it. She was uh, playing around on the screen. And I have to tell you, she hasn't used it since. Uh, I guess I, I should have submitted it to Tesla. I didn't even realize that you could. But to answer your question, Jason, no, I, I'm not aware of anyone actually getting feedback after they've submitted it. If Certainly if there's anybody out there who has gotten that, I would love to hear from you. But so I just, I wonder who looks at those. Like somebody's got to look at them. Maybe somebody on the QA team, like if those things feed into a bucket there, or maybe they get sent along to the PR and communications team. Like I, that, that would make sense in my head as well. So I'm not sure. That is a great question. You have stumped me, I, I confess. Steve from Michigan is up next, replying to Tom in Chicago from last week with a helpful uh, bit of advice slash information here. So Steve, take the floor. It, take the floor? No, the floor is yours, or take the mic. I have to stop mixing things. They don't go together like that. Steve, you're on the air. Hi, this is Steve from Oak, Michigan. As a workaround to the sending a route to the car, you can just use Google Maps to get the route and then choose the route that you want and then use the new function to send send the route to your Tesla and then pick up the route from there. Bye. Nothing to add here. Great call, Steve. Yes, this will work perfectly. Excellent stuff. Next up, Dave in Northeast Georgia, also replying to another caller, uh, to the gentleman last week who was uh, talking about not needing a huge USB thumb drive for the dash cam. Dave has uh, a little more information on that. Dave, go ahead. Hey, Ryan. This is Dave from Northeast Georgia. Um, I'm listening to episode 172 and wanted to respond to a caller who had a comment about the USB thumb drive and the uh, video recordings built into Tesla. Um, he noted correctly that you do not need a super huge uh, thumb drive in order to store the data. However, there is a legitimate reason why you want a larger thumb drive. The key reason is that each of the blocks of memory in the flash device can only be erased and written a certain number of times. So if you have a flash device that is exactly the size that you need, then the video recorder will actually erase and write the whole flash device every time, multiple times an hour, right, as you're driving. And so this prematurely wears out the flash thumb drive. So if you have a larger flash drive, then the hardware will actually level out the wear and use more of the flash blocks that are available, thus extending the life of the flash drive. So yes, it's true that you don't need a gigantic one to store the data, but you will get longer life out of the thumb drive if you do have a much larger one. Now, you know, is 512 gigabytes way too large? Maybe. 
you might be able to get away with a 64 gig or 32 gig, but you really don't want it to be super small. So hopefully that helps clarify a little bit of that. And uh, furthermore, congratulations to Daisy the Boxer Puppy on her award. I am sure it's well-deserved, and I'm looking forward to hearing more about her adventures as you go on. Anyway, talk to you guys later. Bye. There you go. I love calls like this where I learn something. Thank you so much, Dave. Uh, Thankfully, this shouldn't be a problem, I think, for most people, since these days, I feel like it's hard to even find a drive that's smaller than 32 gigs. But uh, nevertheless, good information to have. And by the way, Dave, thank you so much for the kind words about Daisy. I really appreciate that. Jared from Seattle is next up with a friendly reminder for everyone, including me. Jared, take it away. Hi, everyone. Hi, Ryan. This is Jared from Seattle. Um, I'm just calling to remind everyone to use the feedback option in your Tesla if you happen to be a Tesla owner. I've heard some great suggestions the last few weeks on the show, um, but not everyone has necessarily used the feedback option. Uh, Most recently, someone talked about the option to choose your routes on uh, NAV to autopilot, which is a great feature idea. Um, I think it's most likely going to get to the right department at Tesla if you use the feedback option. I work in the software industry, and the official feedback channels are always the most effective. Thanks, and I hope everyone is having a great Thanksgiving. A good reminder, Jared. Thank you so much for that friendly encouragement, as well as your perspective from someone in your position within the software industry. Uh, yeah, I actually, I, I've i been using it uh, to report false uh, crash warning positives and other little oddities that I encounter. I, I forgot over the uh, Thanksgiving, was it, I guess, was it just yesterday that the, well, the, the there's a couple things I'll talk about uh, later in the show at the end when I talk about my recent, my last week's uh, adventures in the spirit of adventure. I had a couple little oddities with autopilot that I totally forgot to report, but that's why your, your call is a good one. It is a, a good, friendly reminder. And also, Jared, real quick, just thank you so much. Jared sent in another call as well, just for me, just as a, like a, just a message he was just a, a very sweet, kind message uh, that he that he took the time out to to say a lot of a lot of kind words for me in the in the podcast. So, Jared, I heard you, I heard it, and I thank you sincerely for that. Really, Ron from Nashville responds to Martin about degradation on a 100D Model S. I'll let Ron take it from here. Hey, Ryan, this is uh, Ron from Nashville. Just uh, wanted to respond to Martin's call about the degradation on the 100D Model S. So I have a 2017 uh, Model S 100D with 12,000 miles on it. And um, I have not charged to 100% lately, um, but uh, at my at any point, whether it's 50, 75, 80, or even 90%, if I do the math calculation, it it does a, a calculated value that is spot on to you know like 333, 334, and obviously the, the factory rated original was 335 in this car. So um, I know that's not exact, but I found it to be with my older Model S that those calculated uh, those calculations were actually you know almost spot on when I did charge to 100%. So. Um, I just wanted to reassure him that um, it seems like at least this 100D uh, has very minimal degradation with one year and 12,000 miles. And I hope that continues over the life of the car. Thanks. Great show. Take care. Bye. 
Thanks, Ron. And that is for you, Martin, and anyone else who may be a new owner in a similar situation. Ron is a veteran Model S owner. He's had a couple of them. So it's good to get his experiential perspective on this. I, again, I love that this audience looks out for each other like this. You got people calling in to help other people that they've never met. I love it. It's great. It is so cool. That's what's great about the Tesla community. It's just a just a fantastic, supportive, enthusiastic, encouraging group of people from uh, from everywhere. That's what's awesome. Finally this week, last certainly not least, we've got Anthony in Brisbane, took delivery uh, fairly recently, and wanted to uh, ask me a couple of, uh, of just fun, I guess they're not even hypotheticals, they're real, but uh, just a fun couple of questions here to close things out from Anthony. Hi, Ryan. This is Anthony from Brisbane. Um, I wanted to call in and uh, talk a little bit about the Tesla referral program and thank you for pointing out that you can still use a referral code after the fact. Um, so I took delivery of my Model 3 um, on 1013 um, and was so excited and preoccupied with everything else that I completely forgot to use any kind of referral code like an idiot. Um, and that it only even occurred to me after um, listening to a subsequent um, episode of the show I was completely kicking myself, but then um, you mentioned that you're able to email referral program at tesla.com and use a referral code after the fact, and I did, and it worked out perfectly. Um, I used your code, actually, Um, so thank you very much for the free uh, six months of supercharging. I really, really appreciate it, and I was really glad to get that in um, even after the fact. Um, Fantastic. Um, So... I had two specific questions for you there about the referral program. Um, One, uh, when you get your next-gen Roadster, as it's looking more and more likely, uh, what color do you think you'll go with? Um, By the way, I want to see that thing when you get it. And uh, two, um, I'm not sure if you get the lower-tier referral perks um, as well. If you've already earned yourself a Roadster, I'm not sure if it works that way or not, so I'd be interested to hear if you've heard about that. But I was thinking, surely, with all the referrals that you've gotten already, you must have at least earned the perk to launch a laser-etched glass photo into deep space several times over by now. Um, So I'm wondering, uh, on that, have you given any thought to what photos you might want to launch into deep space? Uh, And how you think a distant alien species might react to images of Daisy the Boxer Puppy? (laughs) <laughs> All right. Well, thank you again for the free supercharging. I really, really appreciate it. And um, keep up the great work. I'm so glad this worked out for you, Anthony. Uh, first, yes, you will get a ride. You uh, you for sure. You use the code and you live <laughs> like 15 minutes from me. So that's a no-brainer, my friend. Uh, color-wise, I'm eager to see what they offer. The red on the prototype is absolutely stunning. It's, it's not multi-coat red. And it's not signature red, but it's also, it's clearly expensive in the same way that the Model 3's silver alpha prototype, that that paint job was a a clear cut above and beyond the the regular Tesla metallic silver color. So um, we'll see. But if they offer that same red, I'm not even sure I need to see any other colors. It's so nice. 
Uh, I definitely want the white seats too that that prototype has. I, I love the white in my Model 3 and in, in any Tesla. I think it's gorgeous. And I, yeah, I definitely want that. Uh, as for the laser etched photo to shoot off into space, um, I actually, it's funny, I guess maybe I have it, but I sort of don't. I, I've been having issues with my loot box in the, in the, you know, in your app for forever, pretty much. And I've had to kindly ask Tesla a few different times to try and get it updated for me. And I think it's finally updated now. Um, so it's just as more of the referrals deliver, I should keep leveling up, uh, to get, to get the more, the extra stuff. But yeah, that the laser etched photo to shoot into space. I, I honestly, I, I'll be honest with you, Anthony, I haven't even thought about it yet, but I'd probably just, I'd probably do a family picture. I mean, I, I think that's, if I'm going to send something into space that maybe some being sees eons from now. I think I'd pro- that's that's probably what I'd want them to see, is uh, is who we were. So, you know, you, you could do anything. You could have fun with it. You could do a family picture. You could do something totally goofy. But I, know, I think I'd default towards a family picture. Thanks, Anthony. And thanks to everyone who called in this week. Once again, I got more calls than I knew what to do with. So some of you will, uh, will find yourselves in the monthly Ride the Lightning Patreon-exclusive bonus episode, which I plan to record next weekend. Uh, some of you uh, may just get kicked to next week's show, and then just keep keep them coming. Keep those calls coming. Uh, in fact, I still have calls. I had to cut it off. I still have calls uh, I haven't even listened to yet. There's still, <laughs> there's still some in the email inbox, so I'll get to those. Keep them coming. Uh, again, Email your recording to me. You know, just record something on your smartphone. Please try to keep it to a minute, minute and a half tops. The email address is teslapodcast at gmail.com. Or you can call and leave a message anytime, day or night on the Ride the Lightning hotline. That toll-free number is 1-888-989-8752. Be right back with some Spirit of Adventure adventures and some uh, plugs and final thoughts right after this. Real quick, I want to mention a word from abstractocean.com, the Tesla accessories uh, retailer there. They are doing a bunch of Black Friday, Cyber Monday sales. So head on over there. Take a look at what they've got, because just remember, you can, you can stack that RTL podcast 15% off code onto stuff if you're a, if you're a first-time customer there. So abstractocean.com, use the coupon code RTLpodcast. At checkout, they've got all kinds of fun stuff over there from, again, the puddle lights to screen protectors for Model 3 to uh, the TESLA Roadster-style letters for the back of your Tesla. All kinds of fun stuff. Just take a look, see everything they got over there. Uh, Real quick, the Spirit of Adventure this week. I mentioned at the top all the rain we've been getting. It's really the first time I've driven the car in the rain. Summers here in San Francisco in the Bay Area tend to be pretty dry, uh, and then the rainy season starts. Sometimes it starts in October. This year it started in November, and not a moment too soon with the uh, with the campfire. But, you know, as I mentioned at the top, too, it was a pretty good downpour, and I have to say, I was very impressed overall 
with autopilot's performance in that. Driving through a downpour, at least for me, I think this is probably pretty applicable to most people, it can be a very white-knuckle driving experience. You know, visibility is limited. The road conditions aren't great. You've just got to be hyper-aware of other drivers because they can't see very well either, just like you can't. you got to be aware of the environment around you. And Autopilot did great for me in that downpour. Taking It really it took away that sort of death grip on the wheel level of stress and anxiety that can come, at least, again, for me, with driving through a downpour like that. It allowed me, really, it allowed me to just drive pretty normally, just a, a pretty relaxed, normal state without that extra level of stress or anxiety. Though, to be clear, you know, I was still very much hands on the wheel, ready for anything, but just without without that in that heightened level of of stress and anxiety. So kudos to Autopilot there, just performing very well for me in the rain. Now, I do need to balance that out. It did, it did screw up on me twice this week in ways that I that I had not seen before that were thankfully just annoying rather than dangerous. But you know, I gotta mention this stuff too. And to the to the caller earlier who was reminding us to, hey, you know, use your bug report. I totally forgot on both of these because I, I wish I had remembered, but because I could have, you know, just time stamped them and, and GPS tagged them in case Tesla wanted to look at it. But yeah, so first, the first thing was that with Navigate on Autopilot turned on, I had initiated a lane change to the left that it suggested in order to go faster to get to the, the speed I had set. So I confirm that and it starts making its way over and it got halfway through the lane change, maybe even more than halfway, before it abruptly changed its mind and veered back into the lane I started in. And the thing is, there was no one, there was no one in the lane that I was merging into or even close. So that was a bit annoying, but thankfully, you know, no harm, no foul. And then uh, on Thanksgiving, on our way to Thanksgiving dinner down at my, my brother-in-law's house, we were doing, we were at 72 miles an hour, locked in autopilot, navigate on autopilot. And it just, it abruptly tapped the brakes. Um, not slammed, but not like it, it was a, you know, it probably slowed us down five to 10 miles an hour, like instantly. Uh, it, just with with nobody around. There was nothing around. The only thing I can think of was that we did pass, we did go under an overpass, which I've heard from other people that autopilot sometimes has that exact problem with. Now, it was daytime, but it was it was cloudy, gray. Uh, I don't think it was actually raining at the time, but you know, this wasn't a bright sunshine stark, you know, light shadow kind of situation. It was a, a fairly subtle, fairly muted difference between the two. But nevertheless, it just it just tapped the brakes enough to uh, it, it startled my wife, who was in the passenger seat next to me. She had nodded off in the car on the trip. Just, you know, she'd had a very long morning doing a ton of Thanksgiving cooking. And, you know, you guys know the Tesla rides nice and smooth. So she just she'd closed her eyes and then it was just like, oh, she was she was back up and alert in a, in a not great way there. So that was a little disappointing, but thankfully again, no harm, no foul. 
And that's just, that's the first time either of those situations has ever happened to me with autopilot. So hopefully stuff like that will continue to be ironed out and improved. But just wanted to mention the good and the bad there. My adventures on autopilot this week in the spirit of adventure. Also, one other thing, the rain here gave me a really good reason to finally crack open the official Tesla all-weather floor mats that I bought back when they first released about a month or so ago. And I have to say, I'm very impressed with them. I'm very happy with them so far. That is not to say that other mats are bad or better or worse. I don't have experience with with anybody else's products, so I'm not here to compare or contrast or say one's better. Just saying I bought Tesla's official ones, and I'm really happy with them so far. They look nice, which is important to me, uh, because the Model 3 interior looks very nice, and I don't want some garish thing down on the floor. I like that they have the uh, the Tesla, the, the letter version, the typeface Tesla logo, the T-E-S-L-A, spelled out, uh, imprinted in the mats, in, and that the, the lettering, it faces the door. So like when you open the door, you could look down and see it, you know, right, right at you there. I like that. That's on each of the mats. So I thought that was nice. They've got some nice just little little styling lines, but nothing, again, nothing too over the top, nothing too garish. Uh, so yeah, the, the, this general design, pretty minimalist, a lot like the interior of the car itself. And, and they are doing their job just fine. I'm able to, we get, get put everybody in the car, uh, Daisy included, without worrying too much about, you know, getting my carpets all muddy and dirty or anything like that. So very happy to have these. And it'll help preserve those uh, those carpets. I, I don't know. I'll probably just leave them in there until the rainy season ends next, usually spring or so. So uh, yeah, I think I'll be rolling with these all weather floor mats for a good while. Now, finally, the final bit of content this week before I do a couple plugs is our pro tip of the week. I'm gonna keep this going just as long as we organically can. I'm certainly not gonna force anything. But here, this isn't as much of a pro tip as more of an Easter egg heads up from Jason in Tucson. Go ahead, Jason. Hi, Ryan. This is Jason from Tucson calling from my uh, Model S uh, 70. Uh, first, I wanted to congratulate you on the offer to use some chuckle terms. That is both insane and ludicrous, but that is just amazingly awesome. I, I, just, I can't even imagine being in that situation. Um, in your last... Uh, post you mentioned in passing about the easter egg of going to 11 being gone being uh no longer present because the volume is now uh, like a just a, a indicator with no numbers i wanted to let you know that 11 is not dead um the uh, climate control still goes to 11 and at least on the model s when you control volumes with your wheel such as uh, either radio or, or telephone or whatever it goes to 11 as well so that Easter egg is still there, just a little harder to find. Uh, keep on with the podcast. It's been excellent. And again, congrats on the roaster. It's, that's just amazing. Thank you, Jason. It is good to know that that Spinal Tap Easter egg reference still lives on in, uh, in the Tesla. All right. Uh, Immaculate Reflections. They took such good care of me. Jeff at Immaculate Reflections just did my car up so nice. And I encourage anybody in the Bay Area or picking up their car here in the Bay Area who is looking for paint correction, paint protection film, ceramic coating, uh, new car prep, any of that stuff, all that stuff, whatever you want to do, give Jeff at Immaculate Reflections a look. 
You can take a look at his work at his website, which is irdetailing.com. You can also find him on Yelp or Instagram at those.com's slash immaculate underscore reflections to see more of his work. Drop him a line. Let him know what you're looking for. He can work with you to figure out what uh, what would be best, what's, what fits your budget, what fits your, your desire for what you want to do with your car. Uh, you've got... Luxendary, Luxendary. I'm never. I gotta. I gotta get in touch with them to get the proper pronunciation. L U X E N D A R Y dot com. They've got a bunch of fun Tesla inspired, non copyright infringing smartphone cases. They sent me. I think I mentioned it last week. They sent me over there. Yeah, they're uh, one, two, three, five of them. Just to, to so just so I could see them, uh, see what they looked like. And yeah, they're nice. They're they're nicely put together. They're good quality cases. I like some of the designs there. So uh, browse if you like. If you're looking for a, a Tesla-themed smartphone case, since Tesla themselves doesn't make one anymore, take a look at that. And uh, if you want a 15... If you see anything you like, you can get a 15% discount code thanks to Luxendary.com. Just how you get that is go to Luxendary.com slash RTL... And when you go to that URL, it'll automatically bake in that 15% discount code to anything that you put into your cart and check out and, uh, with and purchase. So there's that. Uh, Patreon. I'm on there. If you want to support the show that way, it's always optional, but very much welcomed and appreciated if, uh, if that's the way you choose to go to, to uh, say thank you to help me out. You can find more information on Patreon at my Patreon page, which is patreon.com slash Tesla podcast. And then, of course, there's my referral code. So, you know, Tesla trying to pull a few levers here. For those of you in Ontario who canceled your order, I mentioned earlier on the show, of course, one of the big news stories, you've got a second chance to order a long-range rear-wheel drive Model 3. And then for uh, the U.S. here... November 30th is the new deadline that Tesla has set, that extended deadline to get a car delivered to you by December 31st in order to get that full $7,500 federal tax credit eligibility. So if you are buying, get yourself six months of free unlimited supercharging by using my referral code, which is Ryan73014. If you're ordering online, so you can give that code to a sales advisor if you're working with someone in a store. Otherwise, if you're ordering on Tesla's website, type in ts.la slash Ryan73014. That will take you to a landing page on the Tesla site where you can then choose which Tesla you want to order, S, X, or 3. And it'll, it'll uh, when you, you know, pick all the options you want and order it, it'll have your uh, referral bonus. It'll have that supercharging credit baked into the order there. And finally, uh, the Jada wireless charging pad. If you have a Qi-capable wireless charging smartphone and you would like to be able to, to wirelessly charge it in your Model 3, Jada offers a wireless charging pad. I've been very happy with mine. Uh, you can order yours. I don't have a discount for you on that, I'm afraid, but I do get a couple bucks if you order through the referral link. So if you see fit to do that, you can do so at getjada.com 
slash R-E-F slash eight, the number eight, not spelled out, the number eight, and Jada is J-E-D-A. You can email me anytime, teslapodcast at gmail.com. You can tweet me anytime at DMC underscore Ryan. That's also, uh, I'm also DMC underscore Ryan on Instagram, which is where I'm posting all my Spirit of Adventure adventures. It's just all Tesla all the time on the Instagram. Uh, and I think that about wraps it up. Uh, subscribe for free, of course, just so that the podcast downloads to you automatically on either iTunes, Google Podcasts, again, switching over from Google Play Music to Google Podcasts app, Stitcher, TuneIn, which is uh, TuneIn's in your Tesla. You can find the podcast there. Spotify, or you can pick up the RSS feed or individual podcast episode downloads at the hosting site, which is teslapodcast.libsyn, L-I-B-S-Y-N.com. Oh, and of course, uh, actually, a number of people do like YouTube. They like to get their content on YouTube. So I am on there. If you just search for Ride the Lightning Tesla Podcast, you'll find the channel there. It's just the the audio syndication. That's all. It's just it's the it's it pumps the audio out to YouTube. There's no visuals with it, just uh, just the audio there. But if you want it, it is there for you. Finally, this week, a Thanksgiving thank you to my Patreon producers who continue to uh, support me at the producer level. And as such, they get their name mentioned at the end of every episode, as you've probably figured out by now. I want to thank uh, Paul Hussey, DJ Harbaugh, Pete White, Wolfgang Obergen, George Cassiopo, David Brander, Jonathan Wales, Alexi Heft, Logan Willis, Matthew Parra, Michael Lester, Robert Maracle, Ron Lee, Jason Chalukas, Emotion Rentals, Tim Hyde, Marcus Mayenschein, Lee Sweet, Lars Hoffman, Peter Chalet, Harold Plug, Rome Strack, David Vakil, Ulrich Lassa, Luke A., Eric Randolph, David Nondahl, Luke Miles, Gabriel Salaise, Jerry and Mary Smith, Brian Hope, Rick Sinta, Bill Royko, Scott Gillis, Lyle Austin, Joel Sapp, Cookie from EV Alliance, uh, Cookie UK, pardon me, from EV Alliance, Dorian Steve Guberman, Luxendary.com, and uh, Stieg Mickey Jensen. Thank you all so much for your continued support on uh, Patreon at the producer tier there. I think that about wraps it up. Holiday week doesn't stop this Tesla train. It keeps right on rolling. So for uh, a Daisy the Boxer Puppy who has been sleeping the entire show, re- boy, I didn't think she got that much physical activity on Thanksgiving yesterday, but clear. Oh, oh, now you're awake. She heard her name. Uh, <laughs> all right. I got to let her out. So, uh, thank you all so much. Seriously. Have a, have a wonderful holiday weekend, uh, and a great week here as the holiday season officially kicks off and happy electric motoring. I'll see everybody next week. I mean, I think a Tesla is the most fun thing you could possibly buy ever. <laughs> That's what it's meant to be. Well, our goal is to make it's it's not exactly a car. It's actually a thing to maximize enjoyment.
mm. make it's maximum fun. 